Holy shnikes. It's another episode of the Going Deep Podcast with Aaron Watson. Today's guest is Jason Miller. I cannot wait to tell you all about this guy. But first, I have to thank another review um, that's been left for us on iTunes. Got five stars from new podcast listener. So welcome to the podcasting game, whoever you are. Uh, said, never thought I'd be a podcast listener, but I really enjoy the different topics covered, how each guest brings a completely different perspective and challenges their listeners to improve themselves. We'll keep bringing those guests and hopefully you all out there will continue to bring the great reviews uh, our way. But today's guest is Jason Miller. Uh, If you listened to the third episode of the Going Deep podcast with Larry Joya, um, Larry and Adam Harriton, uh, both introduced me to Jason, uh, got Jason to finally agree to record with me and he did not disappoint at all. They both, he became highly recommended and he blew me away with the, um, his, how articulate he was, but really the amazing work that he's doing with his, uh, online directory active cities. Um, it's a online directory that helps people get active in their cities, uh, find places to participate in different sports, all that good stuff. Um, and, and Jason's going to get into a lot more detail about how, how all that works. But just to give you a heads up before we get started, this is a very um, in-depth technical interview about starting a specific type of business. I think there's a lot of value that you can take away and apply to other um, other types of business, businesses, other parts of your life, but it is pretty technical and pretty specific. So hope everyone out there really enjoys it. I had an absolute blast to record this in his dining room after uh, he and his wife put their, their, uh, their kid to sleep. So it was a cool environment. We were uh, sipping a few beers and just had a great conversation and actually found that we have a mutual love of the brand of the band brand new so that was that was pretty cool uh glad that i can count jason as one of my friends now and i know for a fact that you are going to enjoy uh this forthcoming episode so without further ado jason miller Jason, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. We are seated in Jason's uh, dining room. We've got the kids to bed. The dogs are upstairs, so we've got a little quiet. We're sipping a that blue here, one of my uh, personal favorite beers. I don't know how Jason knew, um, but Jason is the founder of Active Cities. Um, a friend of mine introduced me to him. Uh, it's a really, really cool idea that's helping uh, get people active. Everyone needs to be more active. I know I do. Um, so I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about uh, what Active Cities does and how he kind of came up with the idea. 
Okay. Well, the, again, thanks for having me. And the, I guess the short description of Active City is it's, it's an online platform for all things active. And it's our attempt to um, really showcase all the different ways that people can live an active lifestyle. And we include anything from sports to fitness to recreational related activities. Um, our, our whole concept is being active in any way is better than nothing at all. So um, even if it means going to the bowling alley, um, you're still getting out and about and you're moving and you're doing something that's, that's good for your body. Um, do you want me to go into history of how we started or are we going to get into that a little later? Absolutely. Let's, let's just start off by um, getting a little more detail about what Active Cities does. So I checked out the website before I uh, came over here and you've got a listing of a whole bunch of sports, noticeably absent Ultimate Frisbee, which I, uh, I think we're going to have to maybe change here in the future, but it's got football, baseball, like you said, bowling, adaptive sports, basically every um, activity that you can imagine. And if you follow, if you go down the rabbit hole of one of those activities, um, there's a listing of opportunities in your city to, or organizations to work with for where you can actually participate in that activity. Um, so is that, I'm sure I, Maybe butchered that a little bit. No, but man, you, that you, a pretty good you hit the nail on the head right there, and that's that's essentially what at its core, Active Cities, is. It's a, it's an online directory, and we supplement it with other things such as a blog and social media. But um, the very first piece that we that we that we built and that we really are expanding on is our city directories. Um, so what we do is we'll take a a, a certain Activity category, and I believe we've got ultimate mixed in with disc golf. So maybe okay. I've, maybe I've generalized the <laughs> the whole uh, frisbee piece too much. But um, the the idea is that when a user comes to our site, they can click on one of those areas and then explore all the different things that are available um, relating to that category in the city. So if they go to the disc golf and ultimate page, they're going to see where all the disc golf courses are. Um, they're also going to see where the different ultimate frisbee teams. Um, exist in the area and any resources that might relate to anything in in that uh, that category. Um, the each city directory and and I say each because we we have a couple different cities now. Started with Pittsburgh, but um, we have about 1,400 different organizations or listings on the directory. So um, I think we have about 60 to 70 different categories, and then when you go within each category, um, you can have anywhere from 10 to 100 or 150 different listings. Cool. So tell me a little bit about the process for finding new organizations and getting new organizations involved, because I can imagine that was probably a pretty big obstacle to start. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll definitely get to that, but just right now, what are you doing to find those new organizations, get them involved, get them tied into active cities? All right, so I'm going to give you the here and now answer, and then I'll save the what we're going to be doing answer for, for later. Um, up to this point, what we've done is just manually gone through the search engines ourselves, and so we go on Google, and um, if we're searching for martial arts, then we search for things like karate, uh, jiu-jitsu, um, 
taekwondo, anything that relates to that martial arts category, and we start to catalog it. And um, we, we have a system in place on our website that automatically alphabetizes it, but then we also subcategorize it. So um, if you go to a certain page, you'll see a section that lists clubs and organizations, another section that might list um, shops, another section that might list resources. So um, really what we do is we filter through all of the different listings that are on the search engines and manually um, narrow it down into that uh, specified content. So um, it is a very labor-intensive process and the, the idea that started um, to where we're at now, you know, it really took probably two years until we really knew exactly what works well and what the most efficient way to build those directories are. Gotcha. So if you could take us back to the beginning, uh, where did the idea come from or how did you stumble upon the idea for this type of resource? Mm -hmm. So um, it, it actually started with, with, my, with my work in uh, the professional world. So I work in campus recreation um, at the University of Pittsburgh and, and I, I've been working there for three and a half years now. And when I started, um, I didn't have a really strong understanding of all the campus recreation consists of. So my background before coming to work for Pitt was really in aquatics and, and teaching. So I taught for a couple years um, and then I got into um, coaching swimming and then managing uh, an aquatics facility. Um, so leading into the, the position that I'm at now, which really oversees all different aspects of campus recreation, um, I, I just didn't have a really um, strong base to, to go off of. So, um, and the, re the reason why I'm going into detail on that whole piece is that's kind of um, the context of this all. Um, and when I was starting this position, uh, you know, we always think about what are we doing for the students on campus? What's available to them? And what types of programs are we running? So we know that Pitt has a climbing wall and they have a pool and they have a gymnasium and they have fitness centers and a lot of different opportunities. But I also knew that there were a lot of things that um, we didn't have immediately on campus, but were available just outside of campus or in the city limits. And so at that point, I started to look for different websites and different resources that I could connect um, our students to that made it easier for them to explore some of the, the things that are available to them, uh, not on campus, but nearby. Um, and that's kind of when the light bulb went off and, and that's when I decided to, you know, turn this into something that would really be a side project of mine um, and ultimately turn into a startup business that I, that I run completely um, separate from my, my job at Pitt. Um, how I, I guess, began to, to bring that whole idea to fruition really was, uh, it was an Excel document. And so my, my idea was if I were to take a category and, and make it like outdoor pursuits, then what are the different organizations, resources, things to do, what have you, um, and, and how can I compile those into you know, a nice, clean, easy to read list that um, people could 
more effectively find things in that area to you know to explore and then what if i wanted to take like competitive sports and and um so again it started with this excel document which of course you know you can't really do a whole lot with besides export into a pdf file and, and share it with people and that doesn't really have a whole lot of use to it um so then i decided well why don't i play around with twitter and uh, that was my first experience with with twitter and so i started this twitter account active pgh and the whole concept there was i would follow different organizations that fit into this concept of being active and things to do in the area and i would simply share and retweet their content and my idea was if i was providing a, a solid stream of information um, that was relevant relevant in the sports and recreation world and people would follow this account and engage and and um, you know provide more proof that this idea is something that that makes sense um, after really only a few weeks maybe a month of playing around with those excel documents and the the Twitter feeds, um, then I decided, well, what about blogging? Because, you know, you come across these websites and they always have these articles that, you know, talk about health and fitness and, and um, you know, the, the industry is kind of flooded with it. But um, I thought it would be cool to write content or articles that focus on individuals and organizations that are doing cool things for the Pittsburgh scene. Um, and the, the current site that we have now doesn't show those, those first articles, but if you read through it, it really talks about um, the, the organizations that um, everybody in the area kind of knows about, and we just wanted to provide some variety of um, different things. So, you know, one article might deal with a, a local sports league, and then the very next article might deal with an individual that's battling multiple sclerosis and is, you know, completely dedicated to cycling um, and, and raising funds to support the cause. Um, so that's kind of, from the website standpoint, things really started to evolve because I guess I uh, developed an interest in website development and um, really kind of started off with, with no background ex experience whatsoever, but it was something that was very intriguing to me. So, um, and then for, from that point on, it just turned into, well, how can we build a, a, a website? How can we build a, a user, a user-friendly platform that is aesthetically appealing, that works well for people? Um, and really, over a couple different variations of websites, what we have now is, um, you know, two and a half years worth of developing the idea and, and developing. Um, our website and content. That's a, a really ins inspirational story. Um, a couple of things I really picked up from everything you were saying was, first of all, uh, just the, the side hustle mentality you've taken where you've got your day job, you're working at the University of Pittsburgh, um, managing their recreation side of things, uh, but you've found this other project, you've followed it, you've dedicated your time to it, uh, which is something I think is really inspirational for everyone out there. Um, beyond that, I think it's also really compelling to hear about the evolution of this project, how it started as this little Excel spreadsheet, then it became this Twitter account. Now it's a website. It was originally a website for Pittsburgh. Now it's turning into a website that's spreading across the country. Um, 
that's very inspirational from for anyone who's saying, you know, I'm starting the side hustle. It feels small. It feels niche, um, but it has the capacity to grow over time. Um, so can you talk a little bit about um, kind of where your sights are set now um, that you've kind of picked this puppy up and started to run with it? Yeah, so um, I'll talk a little bit about the the evolution a little bit more um, for the Pittsburgh site and where we started to take it and really the, the direction it ended up going because I think that's important. Um, once we launched, I guess, our, our first legit site, if you will, we'll call it version 1.0 or whatever, and for people that know about Active Pittsburgh, um, you know, it had a completely different, uh, had a different logo to it, it had a different um, layout, really, the, the icons and everything that we used were different. Um, it was a different theme, so for people that understand websites, it, had a, it, it was a different uh, development theme that we used. And, um, once we launched that site and we started to get some really positive results out of it, and we really measure our results in site traffic through our data and analytics, um, we thought, well, this is something that you know could turn into to something decent for us. And, and so instead of thinking about um, how we can continue to fine tune and make better the website, I thought to myself, well, what else can we do under this title of Active Pittsburgh? So um, last summer, really about a year ago, and it's amazing to think about it because it wasn't that long ago, but it's amazing to think of how much has happened since then. Last summer, uh, we were focusing and doing something completely different than what we're doing now in that um, a year ago, I wanted to add programming and I wanted to add all these different elements to the website. So instead of just having a directory and a blog um, and social media, I wanted to offer pop-up events and um, go out to different organizations, home site, and really run programming and essentially offer a membership type thing where people would um, register through us and then we would work with the organizations that are providing the service and it would be a nice trade-off because we would bring clients to them and we would be able to collect some membership off of it. Um, we also dabbled with another concept which was kind of like Groupon. So um, instead of just listing the organizations through the directory and linking to their websites, we would go out and find different um, promotions that they were offering. So uh, register for one yoga class and get the next one half off, or first personal training session is free, or Friday night roller skate nights are you know 50, 50 cents for an hour or whatever. Um, and so we started to take those, those different announcements and build it into this um, promo board, we called it. And um, I'm certain we played around with a couple other ideas as well. And really what came of all of that is we let all of our ideas kind of get a, get the best of us. And anything that popped up that sounded legit, we are like, yeah, let's try that. Um, and what ended up happening is we sweat ourselves too thin. So as we were getting more involved in trying to do the promos and getting more involved in trying to do the programming um, and trying to do tabling events and all these other things, we started to pull away from really what the most important piece of, of our operation was. 
which was the directory. So um, we kind of had a, a, a period where we had to, you know, take a step back and really do some self-reflection um, and think, what's the most important thing for this project? What what do people like about it, and why is it successful? Um, and really, what is not that important, and, and what is not really generating any type of results for us? So, um, at the end of the summer, we really wiped away a whole bunch of things, and um, that's when the, the concept of expanding to other cities really um, became serious for for us because. I knew that if we can make it work in Pittsburgh, then you surely can make a centralized directory work in any other city. So that's kind of what we're uh, what we're doing right now is building other cities. And I'll get into the technical piece a little bit later because that's that's very important. But we went through this whole process of okay, if we're not going to be active Pittsburgh anymore, and we want to expand to other cities, then what do we call ourselves? How do we present ourselves? What do we need to do first to make sure that all of the framework is set up and that when we do launch this thing, um, it's it's foolproof and, and it works really well for us. So uh, we've spent the, we spent six months um, after the summer. So basically September through, what is that, January, yeah, that's pretty good off the top of my head. Um, and just built what's called a network site. And the the cool thing about a network site is you can function under one domain, but you can set up um, subsites where you can have independent users and access for each site. Because initially what we thought was, well, when we launch these other cities, we can license that out, kind of like you know, at, um, McDonald's or a Chipotle location where um, we'll give you the kit and caboodle, we'll set up everything for you, show you how to build your directory, you can build your own little business off of it, and then in return, you give a kickback to us. Um, the reason why we didn't pursue that is because logistically, it was just way too much for, for us to take on. So um, the, the awesome thing, though, is we were able to build this network, uh, this network site that essentially is going to allow us to manage an infinite number of city sites rather easily. Um, and again, I'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. So um, after the six months of, of kind of building, and, and I don't want to say rebranding, but kind of doing some more soul searching and really figuring out what do we want to do moving forward, um, we're, we're essentially no longer active Pittsburgh anymore. We're active cities. And then when you go to the Pittsburgh site, it's simply Active Cities Pittsburgh. Um, we kind of have a test site that we've launched, and that's the Raleigh-Durham area, um, and that's Active Cities Raleigh-Durham. So uh, we're going to be launching, I don't know, five more city sites in the next month or two, um, and you could see anything from Active Cities Miami to Active Cities Austin to Active Cities Sacramento, you name it. Um, so uh, then that c comes with, we think about, well, we have the blogs and the social media that we were doing for the Pittsburgh market. Obviously, 
um, somebody in Miami is not going to be interested so much in reading an article about something that's taking place in Pittsburgh as they would as a very generalized type content piece. So if you go to the Active Cities blog right now, you'll see that it's all uh, just very, very general content that it can appeal, can appeal to anybody. Um, 51 creative ways to be active indoors. Um, nine extraordinary uh, epic human feats of strength, endurance, and perseverance. So it's all stuff that, in our mind, um, fits into this mold of sports, fitness, and recreation that anybody can read and really anybody can share and engage with. That whole process there of um, writing the content and developing everything and making it look the way we want it to was a very labor-intensive process. So where we're at now and where we're, where we're sitting here and talking is we're at that point where we're um, actively building some new cities and really within a couple of weeks, maybe like I said, a month or two, we'll have um, the beginnings of this national directory of active things to do. And the, the big uh, goal or plan is within, say, three to five years, we're going to have an active cities directory in every, every major U.S. city. That's great. Um, and it really seems like once you have that nationwide coverage for your directory, it can then start to become something that a user of your site, say I'm from Pittsburgh, and you know have been using Active Cities for a year or two, but I'm moved to Sacramento, or I'm visiting a friend in Detroit, or I'm on vacation in Austin, Texas. When I'm thinking, well, I want to go shoot some hoops, I want to go get in a pool somewhere, Active Cities is going to be that place that I automatically think of, hey, that's where I'll figure this find a solution to this problem. Yeah, and the, the wonderful thing, and this is by complete dumb luck for us, but the, because the, the directories that we build are so content-packed and it involves you know, anything from bocce to ping pong to basketball to water polo, um, and you have so much content under one site, it shows up in search results rather easily. So for a time, when we were under the active pittsburgh.com domain, if you would do a search for things to do in Pittsburgh, it was the third site to show up on the Google search results after TripAdvisor and Visit Pittsburgh. So that's huge. Yeah, and again, that was just like complete dumb luck for us. But uh, that's when like the big light bulb went off in our head, and um, that's when I say if we can make this work in Pittsburgh, then why can't we do it elsewhere? So um, I don't want to say that we're uh, you know the next. TripAdvisor or, you know, um, about.com, but it's the same type concept where uh, those sites routinely show up really everywhere that you search because of the databases that they have are so massive and so fine-tuned. Absolutely. Now, you've been saying we a lot throughout all this, <laughs> and I feel like I'd be remiss if I let you go any further without clarifying who's the rest of the we, who else, who, who's your partner on this, who else have you been working with? to make this uh, make this all reality. Absolutely, so it's definitely not possible without the we factor in there. Um, and uh, I, I first need to give recognition to uh, a very important person that's kind of been the catalyst for this next jump forward for us, and his name's Nick Fogey. 
Um, and he's our website uh, technology operations manager. Um, and he is kind of the, the brains behind the back end. And he's the one that um, has built the network site. And he's also the one that's developing some very creative methods for us to build our, our directory. Um, and uh, aside from, from Nick and I, we, what we rely on are student interns, which is the, the really neat thing about this whole operation. So when I was starting Active Pittsburgh, um, at you know in its infant state, I wrote the first couple articles, and they just took me forever. I mean, I'm 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 getting better at my writing, but it's not really a passion of mine. I don't like uh, I don't necessarily like uh, conducting interviews and 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 writing and editing and you know that whole labor-intensive process, I'd rather be spending my time doing other things like developing the site and, of course, developing the business. So after I wrote those couple articles and I was like, I, I just need to use my time more efficiently, um, I, I learned that, you know, there are ways that you can involve students as interns uh, to kind of help out your business, but more importantly, provide educational um, job-related experience for them. So um, I guess I'll make the disclaimer that they're currently unpaid and we're hoping to be able to change that in the near future. But the nice trade-off is um, they get almost full autonomy in what they do. And, and what I mean by that is they do the social media. So whenever you go to our social media pages, I would say about 98% of the stuff that anyone's going to see on there are um, content pieces that our interns have found and that they've shared um, the written content. If you look at the authors for the articles, you'll see all different types of names, none of which, except for one article, have my name on it. Um, and those are all the interns that, that do the work. Um, and then also they contribute to the, the ideas, the think tank, and you know, the whole development piece of it. So they really are the most important piece to this operation because without them, uh, we wouldn't be where we're at in the, and the operation, I think, would cease to exist. So um, we bring in interns every semester, and it can range anywhere from a team of uh, three and up till I, I think, um, one semester I had like eight to ten. So that whole part of it requires a lot of time and effort, but, uh, again, it's, it's really important to our operation. So, yeah, when I say we um, – I refer to what we call the AC team, so the Active Cities team, and we meet once a week through Skype. Um, we give updates and, again, talk about everything that's going on. Um, we, we really only meet a couple times in person each semester, and honestly, this past semester, we've just been so crazy with, with everything that's going on that we met at the beginning of the semester in person for our training, and I give them all the tools and, and know-how that they need uh, to set them loose. Um, and traditionally, we would have a party at the end of the semester where we'll go out and get something to eat and have some drinks and, you know, kind of enjoy the fruits of our labor. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting thing taking uh, students that are studying a specific content area and allow them to explore it through our site, which, of course, helps it grow. Absolutely. And, and just as far as the range of internship experiences that are out there. 
Um, you think of the stereotypical internship where you go get someone coffee, you file paperwork, you scan papers. I know that, the, and uh, I've, I've uh, not personal experience, but friends' experience where their internship consisted of scanning papers. Nice. Um, and when you think about finishing college, whether you're going to pursue your own entrepreneurial venture or you're going to um, you know, try to get a job with a corporation, it's going to be a huge advantage to you, whether it's in the interview process or when you're putting together your business plan, to have real tangible skills, be it um, you know, planning for a business, uh, writing skills, those, th those are going to come across, they're going to build confidence um, in those interns for their ability to be a contributing, capable worker in whatever organization they end up being a part of. Mm -hmm. If they end up being a part of Active Cities in the future or somewhere else, you've given them a tremendous gift in that skill set that you've helped them to develop. Absolutely. And even the internship program that we run, and if I were to call it a program, has evolved it's, as well. Where um, a year ago, I was bringing interns on to do a specific task. So um, if it was somebody that was studying English um, or nonfiction writing, then they would be the ones that would do the written content for the blogs. Uh, or perhaps the social media. If it was somebody um, that was studying marketing, then they would be the ones that would do, um, again, social media or maybe our events calendar. So I tried to um, I tried to assign them to roles in our operation really only based off of what they were studying. And I've learned that that's probably not the best way to go. The best way to go is to completely immerse them in everything that we're doing. So now when we bring on our team, everybody does the exact same thing, essentially. So um, they do written blog content, they do social media, they do events for the local Pittsburgh calendar, um, they contribute to the business development piece of things, and they also do you know, general things like out email outreach, um, or outreach emails, um, and you know they get that whole, I guess, well-rounded experience. And um, for and I, and I also learn from them as well. Like I guess I'm kind of dating myself here, but I don't really know anything about Reddit, and I'm learning that uh, Reddit is a utility that's actually bringing some traffic to our site through the content that that we have. So. Um, the things that the interns bring to me and the things that they share are, are really valuable as well. Absolutely. Um, so you've given me a, given us all a really good picture of where Active Cities is right now. Um, can you and you and you've hinted at you know wanting to be this resource in all these other cities um, beyond the directory component. Obviously, I can we want to have the different organizations in every major city um, filled into your directory in, in every city. Um, what else do you see Active Cities growing into in the future? What's your vision? What's your dream, I guess, for it? Well, it's, it's a pretty simple vision and dream, but that, I think, is what is enabling me to continue to allow this thing to grow. Um, by keeping it reasonable. And, and um, I always need to remind myself, 
or remind others really that this is a side gig of mine um, and I do it in my spare time and that comes you know after my my job at Pitt um, my contribution as a, a father and family member and then really any social life that I might have outside of that so um, really at, at the end of the day you're only getting maybe a couple hours um, you know average per, per day that you can work on this project so um, that's when I you know really got to thinking what else can I do with this project um, that allows it to be scalable if you will uh, but I can still manage it which you know that's a that's a tough question like how do you how do you enable something to expand and grow when you really don't have any more time um, or, or resources to, to, to see that through. Um, the, the cool thing about the, the directories is once you take the time to um, go on the, the search engines and, and do the curation and build the specific category pages, the maintenance on those pages, the maintenance on the sites is rather minimal. Um, we really only have to do site maintenance once every few months, maybe once every four to six months. So, and even that process isn't isn't that difficult. All you have to do is check links and, and make sure that things are correct and um, fix as needed. So the vision is uh, build, 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 and then after you build, just maintain, and it will essentially grow from there. So um, about 90, uh, 90 to 95% of the traffic that we receive on our website is organic. What that means is people are finding us um, by happenstance through search engines. So again, if they did a search for things to do in Pittsburgh, more than likely they're gonna come across our site on the first or second page. If they do a search for boxing clubs in Pittsburgh, I know right now that we're one of the top three pages that show up, um, and it kind of goes, you know, through the ranks there with, with all the pages. So uh, the concept is if, if we're getting uh, X number of page views on the Pittsburgh site right now, and we can multiply that times a 50, multiply that times 50 or, or times 100, um, then that's going to give us the cumulative traffic that really could turn it into a, a lucrative business for us. Um, when I say lucrative, that means um, through the form of Google Ads, which everybody loves seeing on, on their web pages, um, or through things like sponsorship or um, direct advertising where companies would work with us and, and place an ad through our site. So that's the big picture is um, the way that we uh, gauge value in our site and ultimately um, what it's worth is the amount of site traffic that we have um, and that we can potentially have and ultimately what we will have. So when you say that about 95% of the traffic is organic, the other 5% is people who know active cities and type it directly into their browser or is there something else? Yeah, it could be where they type it directly into our browser or it could be a link from somewhere else that brings them to us. So whether it be from our social media pages, um, maybe a link that another website has that links to us, 
um, really anything that um, that isn't created, you know, out of uh, just a you know a general a general search where the person that finds us. I guess what organic means is the person that finds us doesn't know that they're looking for us in the first place. Gotcha. Um, so. That's a really cool vision um, for this project. It's uh, very well th thought out, and you've really articulated that well for us. Um, kind of slightly changing lanes, really just changing uh, focus. The general topic of entrepreneurship, um, that can be uh, a very broad topic that a lot of people are interested in, wanting to, if it's a side hustle, if it's there their main gig. Um, a lot of people have different thoughts about that, different theories. Um, I want to start off by just asking about how your own personal network has helped you in this project. So maybe not necessarily directly working on the project, but um, how you found inspiration when you had a problem, when you had a roadblock, who did you go to? Um, how many people did you go to? How did you leverage your network? to um, assist the growth of your, your business? Well, I think the most obvious thing um, is that what I, what I do for this, um, for this project is essentially an extension of what I, of what I do as a career. So um, in campus recreation, you're constantly thinking about ways that you can keep uh, people engaged and involved and active and really um, addressing their needs as, as they come. So uh, I'm, it, it's, it's a natural thing, I guess, for me to be constantly thinking about the world of sports and recreation and really not, not just uh, the, the act of sports and recreation, but more the administration of, the management of, and you know, running of, of, of programs. Um, when it comes to uh, resources that, that I rely on, um, the one resource that I, I always need to give, give credit to because they're ones that kind of gave me the direction that I needed was the Small Business Development Center um, at the University of Pittsburgh. And they work with uh, small companies and even mid-range companies that um, are looking for support in some way. And the, the cool thing that I've gotten out of that is they have interns as well that, that work for the office. and. Maybe there's something that um, I need a little bit of help with. Maybe it's because I, I don't have time per se, or I feel like it'd be a good project to get you know some other insight on that I can turn to them, uh, and they'll essentially go to work and put together you know a, a small report for us, which kind of gets the juices flowing and, and allows us to to take whatever they've produced and run with it how how we want to. Um, the other part I, I think that that helps is you know paying attention to the industry that relates to us and you know I don't want to call it competition but you always want to know who's out there and, and what are they doing and how does it relate to you um, and paying attention to what you like in, in what they're doing but then also perhaps what you don't like and you can use that to help develop and refine your crap. Um, and then lastly, I would say, you know, surround yourself 
around um, like-minded people when it comes to business conversations. So I have some close friends that I meet with on occasion. Um, now I'll give them a shout out right now. It's Larry Joya. He runs a business called Dynamic Paddlers. Um, and Ian Newmeyer, he, he runs a, um, a company called Find Some Flow. Um, and really the, the three of us, uh, every time that we get together, it always ends up being a business-related discussion. Um, and just having that friendly mutual support where you know you can talk about anything um, that you want and, and not uh, feel judged by it is, is a great thing. Um, and we always help each other out. We always throw ideas around um, and we'll, we'll be completely honest with each other as well. So I guess all of those factors considered, that's kind of my go-to um, set of tools when it comes to running and, and building a business. Absolutely. I think it's uh, a pretty common um, idiom or piece of advice is you are the average of the people you surround yourself with. So getting those other, um, surrounding yourself with those other go-getters, those inspirational entrepreneurs, big thinkers, um, and people that are also not afraid to challenge you on some of your ideas and give you that type of support, um, I know in, in, for me has really had um, an exponential growth effect on my own personal development. Um, so I, I definitely relate relate to that. Um, as far as where you draw your inspiration from to have this side hustle, to have this entrepreneurial venture, um, you mentioned that being a dad is a very important thing to you. I'm looking around, I see some chalk drawings, <laughs> some, some paintings on the wall here uh, that your, your kids put together. Uh, how important is your family as far as being a source of inspiration for this extra work that you're essentially putting in? Well, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's I, I'm, I'm not doing it just for fun. The, I think the whole um, reason why people engage in entrepreneurial pursuits is because they think that something can come of it. Um, otherwise, it's just a hobby. So uh, I, I don't necessarily view this as a hobby. Um, it is a startup, but um, when you think about it that way, the, the, the idea would be that if it turns into something that um, you know has a, a, a large return or a decent return, then that's something obviously that would immediately impact the family. So um, you know you're always thinking about about that, and um, I guess on the other side of things is. Uh, I've, I've had to really get comfortable with balancing um, the, the different things that I have going on in my life to make sure that all, all pieces are satisfied. So um, when it comes to it, you know, family, family's first. Um, then I'll say, you know, my, my full-time job at, at Pitt, and then, you know, next is, is uh, this side project. And um, I think it's important for, for people to uh, to prioritize the things that they have in, the, in their life and, and even if that means you take a step back and you look at everything and if you have to eliminate um, some pieces of one thing or if you have to eliminate something altogether in order to um, achieve that balance then, then so be it but um, everybody always talks about balance and 
Um, you know, there's a difference between uh, the hustle, as you, know, you keep referring to, and obsession. And, you know, I can still continue to grow and I can still continue to achieve the goals that I'm setting um, after I take care of my other priorities. And I think, I think your discipline is really apparent in that you, you have these priorities set and it sounds like you do a pretty good job of abiding by them. Do you have a specific um, system or process to make sure that your priorities um, are treated in the way that you've ordered them, how you schedule your day, anything like that that you can expand on? Um, well, family is easy, I think, when it comes to time because, you know, everything runs on schedule. When we wake up in the morning and you get the kids ready, you take them to daycare, um, then you get ready and go to work. Obviously, when you're at work, you, you take care of everything you need to do there. When you come home, um, you're dealing with family matters and you have dinner and bath and bed. And, you know, at that point, it's 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 nighttime. So um, what uh, what my wife has been really supportive with with me um, in this project is in the evenings, whenever um, everything has settled and, and we've taken care of all that we need to and, and our feet are propped up and we're chilling watching TV, then, you know, um, it, it's okay that I'm, uh, I guess, hanging out with her, but also engaged with the work that I'm doing. And, you know, as, as we need to talk, we will, but at the same time, she appreciates and understands the fact that um, time is very valuable to me. And, um, you know, she, she respects the fact that I'm trying to uh, get my work done in those later evening hours. So um, I guess when you look at it that way, for me, it's more of a routine that I've fallen into, um, which tends to work. And, you know, whenever I, whenever I would try to be a little bit more sporadic and try to squeeze something in because I thought I had time, that's when conflict uh, emerges because, you know, if you're trying to work on one thing and something else pops up, then it throws you off and it's frustrating and, you know, then, then both things just go awry. So um, definitely for me, it's, it's the whole, uh, for lack of a better term, regimentation of, you know, your daily schedule uh, that has allowed me to balance everything but still continue to grow. Absolutely. Um, this has been really, really insightful, Jason. Uh, we're going to jump into some quick hits now. Um, so you have a background in aquatics, uh, got quite the swimmer, uh, or so I've heard. Um, what is your after workout beverage of choice? Well, excuse the pun, but I'd have to say it's water. Uh, I was thinking, you know, would I want a beer or would I want Gatorade? But, you know, after you do a hard workout and, and your body is just, you know, um, Looking for something, chugging like a big glass of water. For me, just there's nothing better. Absolutely. Uh, room temperature or with some ice in there? You know, I don't like really cold beverages. So room temp is, in fact, like whenever, whenever I have Gatorade, I like leave it out and uh, I just drink it from that. I don't put it in the refrigerator. Yeah, room temp. Interesting. Um, so do you have a favorite athlete? Yeah, you know, I'm going to go cliche here. I'm going to say LeBron James. Um, I've, I've followed him 
ever since he was in high school. I remember reading an article in Sports Illustrated when uh, he was a, a sophomore or a junior in, in high school, and you know they were kind of uh, hyping the fact that he's the next Michael Jordan. Um, and of course, when I was younger, Michael Jordan was you know almost everybody's favorite. So um, I, I always paid attention to, to what LeBron was doing, and I really do respect uh, what he's done as an athlete in, in his career. Absolutely. Um, do you have a business idol that you admire? Yeah, so you and I were talking a little bit about this earlier, and you know, I, I struggled to, to think about that one, and, and what it came down to is I don't um, consider myself uh, to be a, a, a businessman, and that's some might think that's kind of silly to say, but um, there are some areas of, of this project that I'm very comfortable with and, and I get very excited about. There are other things that relate to the business that um, either don't excite me, I should say, or I'm just not very well versed in. So um, I, I kind of struggle with that one, but you know, one thing that I do love, and I should say my favorite show is Shark Tank. I absolutely love watching um, the pitches that the entrepreneurs uh, present to the panel um, and the insight that, that the sharks provide. And um, as I was saying earlier, you know, I almost envision myself, you know, being what it would be like if I was there um, pitching any type of business, how would I be able to respond and, you know, would, would I be somebody or would my idea be something that, that they would buy into? So um, I wouldn't say it's a, a specific idol, but more or less that, that show and just that whole concept of Shark Tank, I absolutely love. Absolutely. Um, next one we got here is the best way to give yourself a boost of energy. Um, and we limited this to, so nothing that you drink, nothing that you eat, um, that you directly put into your body, something you do to give you a boost of energy. Yeah, I'm just going to say straight up exercise. I, I absolutely you know, feel, I 100% believe that exercise charges you. Um, when it's warm out, I'll ride my bike to work, and uh, just the feeling that you have with all the endorphins running through your body after you know a solid workout, um, you know that that just feels great. So that gets me, that definitely gets me charged up. I think that's a really good way to reframe uh, when you when you're feeling low on energy. I think some people's um, you know first inclination is I should go lay down, I should go take a nap, I should go do something even more sedentary and you can kind of flip the script on your body by whether it's taking a jog around the office building or doing some jumping jacks in the hallway or something just to kind of get the blood flowing. I know that when I am feeling a little dull, if I'm writing, if I'm you know trying to do something creative and I feel my brain stalling out, um, not only do I give myself a reset by going and doing something else and not necessarily thinking about the very mental task that I'm on, uh, but just getting the blood flowing, uh, maybe walking down, walking somewhere and talking to somebody, um, I know it's another, another good boost of energy for me. Absolutely. Uh, last one, one of my favorite questions is if you grab drinks with any three people, uh, they can be dead or alive. Uh, who would you pick to grab a drink with? Yeah, so uh, again, this is something that I, for whatever reason, struggled with, but then I just went off of what initially popped into my head, and the first one would be my dad, um, and yes, he's still living, but 
Um, he, he and I have just always been very close, and, and I guess we've been good friends, and it's always good to sit down and, and kick back and, and catch up with him. Uh, the, the next one uh, would be Charles Darwin. So uh, I'm actually a history and sociology major by education. So um, when I was a student, um, Darwin, Darwinism, and his whole theory uh, was just very intriguing to me. So um, for whatever reason, that's one other person I'd like to sit down with. Um, and then I, this might be cheating a little bit, but um, the, the third would, would be a band or bands. And, you know, I were talking about this earlier, but, you know, my two favorite bands of all time are Brand New and Rage Against the Machine. So I'd be happy if I got a chance to sit down with either of those guys and, you know, just talk about anything, really. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, we're, I was saying that I'm a bit of a Brand New fan myself. Did you ever play any instruments or have any background in music? Yeah, I... I um, uh, I play guitar, and for those that went to college with me, they you know got to hear my uh, freestyle sessions and you know my my belligerent rants that you know I thought sounded good, but everybody else probably were just laughing at. But um, I dabble with the guitar a little bit. Absolutely, I I played the drums uh, pretty pretty poorly, but I was in a band back in the uh, back in high school with some friends, and uh, never played any brand new or Rage Against the Machine covers. We were little more reggae skyish but uh, can't can't really call myself any sort of accomplished yeah. musician yeah it's fun though absolutely um, to wrap things up as we always do uh, we're gonna hand the mic over to Jason and he's gonna issue us a personal challenge um, I have no idea what this is gonna be as always so I'm pretty excited to hear what's gonna be so Jason take it away yeah so uh, this is a personal statement that I always um, hang on to and, and really um, as I come across people and engage in these types of conversations I try to share and it's simply uh, find what your passion is and get good at it so um, that doesn't necessarily have to have a, a, a business meaning to it but really um, anything and, and that's a, a, a lesson that I'm going to try to instill in, in my children where um, whether it be sports or uh, theater or playing the guitar, if it's something that you're passionate about, then um, I want them to get the best out of that experience and become the best that they can be. Um, and if if and when people can, can uh, become extremely good at something, and again, it, it can be anything, then that opens up doors for them. Um, and people constantly have stories about um, a career that they got involved in because of, of something, some passion that they had, um, and it enabled them to enter a certain field or um, something that, um, you know, I guess somebody did uh, as a hobby that did turn into a business initiative and they were able to sustain the business because they were so passionate about it and you know, every single day they were able to remain motivated. So um, that's kind of my MO uh, for, for daily life is, you know, what am I passionate about? What do I want to be really good at? And, um, and if I do that, I, I know that it's going to continue to take me somewhere. Absolutely. That's great, Jason. Thank you. Um, but that immediately makes me think is just how um, too often 
people hold back or avoid pursuing their passion because there's some sort of fear of failure. It seems like it's out in left field, a shot in the dark to go pursue that passion. Um, but if you're in a situation like that, I think a way to help reframe that idea is to accept the fact that you could also fail taking the safe route, taking the traditional route. Absolutely. Um, there's people who get laid off from some safe job that they took that they've been doing for 20 or 25 years. Um, and when you look back on all that time you spend, uh, I think you really want to feel like it was something that you were passionate about that meant something to you. And everything that you're doing with um, active cities, your passion, the amount of thought that you've put into this project really comes across. And I'm, I'm really excited to see it take off and become um, a massively valuable resource for all of us out there who like staying active. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show today. We just went deep uh, with Jason Miller. Hope everyone out there has a beautiful day and we'll catch you next time. much to Jason for coming on the show. Uh, he was an absolutely amazing guest. Learned so much from sitting down with him. Hope you did too. Um, as always, I got a request that if you liked this episode, if you've liked past episodes, you want to hear can, and continue to hear more episodes of the Going Deep podcast, please, please, please subscribe to the show leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, hopefully a five-star one. Hopefully I've earned a five-star review from you, but I'd really love to hear from you. And um, that rating and review system works within the iTunes algorithm to bump me up the charts and hopefully get into the new and noteworthy section of iTunes podcast library. That'd be some great free marketing allow me to help more listeners more people out there um, grow and learn and expand their minds which is really what this is all about so if you could do that that'd be very much appreciated if you want to learn more about the other stuff that i'm doing follow along at aaron watson 59 on twitter and check out the website going deep with aaron.com uh, we've got blog posts we've got book reviews we've got show notes for all the podcast episodes uh, we've got a little about me section and a link to my Amazon affiliate portal. Uh, there's going to be a blog post coming up shortly explaining how that works. But really simply, um, if you go through my Amazon portal and buy something from Amazon there, I get 5% of about 5% of whatever you whatever you bought. Um, that doesn't change your price. That doesn't cost you anything more. It's simply a finder's fee that Amazon pays to people that refers them to the Amazon site. So what you can do is you can bookmark that site. Um, and whenever you end up doing your natural shopping on Amazon, whether it's Christmas gifts, whether it's birthday gifts, whether it's 
you know, I had a long week, happy Friday gift. Um, you can do that and support the show at the same time. So uh, thank you so much for listening to me ramble here at the end um, and looking forward to the next episode. Take care, everybody.